What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Heard appearance call! Hey, behave! A lot to get to. This is a Tuesday. We're pumping out material content this week, John. Uh, with no regard for human life. I got takes, guy. You got takes. We said we might as well put those takes into a microphone, through a computer, press record, and then let the people hit play. That's right. Take City. Warriors game two tonight. Big uh, 49ers uh, article out on Tuesday, so we'll talk about that. But first, we'll tell you that Mother's Day is quickly approaching. It is right around the corner, and we've got the solution for you. We've been telling you about Sherry's Berries for a very long time, people. I mean, we've been doing This goes back, middle cough, to uh, terrestrial radio days. Well, you were telling them about them. I sat there, and you got the credit and the money. But, hey, you know, I've forgotten. Yeah, and the money was really the more important part of that. The credit, who cares? The yes. money. But now I get the berries and the money, and so do you. And your mom can get the berries. Sherry's Berries has special Mother's Day berries designed just for mom. John, the chocolate chips, the swizzles. I know you love oh. the swizzles. But... I tell you what's different this year with Mother's Day is the uh, the pink shimmer sugar. Well, how many berries? I, I actually was thinking about my mom, had them sent to my mom. You had them sent to your house. Yep. You're still slamming them down. That's right. They get the white chocolate ones, the regular milk chocolate ones, the dark chocolate ones. You said 12 strawberries, right? Uh, yeah, because well, I got the double, the double the berries for the $10 more. Uh, you choose your delivery date to ensure your mom gets your gift of Sherry's berries exactly when you uh, want to share it with her. And uh, Satisfaction Guy is always guaranteed at yeah. B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Berries.com, promo code AM. Mom, grandma, sister-in-law, godmother. I mean, kids' godmother. This is a gift that everyone will love. So don't wait till the last minute. Visit berries.com to order the freshly dipped strawberries starting at nineteen ninety nine for the mom's in your life. Yep. Berries.com. Go to click on the microphone. Promo code AM. To make mom really happy, you can also double the berries for 10 bucks. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Like John said, click the microphone, promo code ham, berries.com, microphone, promo code ham. This podcast also brought to you by Hair Club. Hair Club, yep. John. The Love Total hair, hair Solutions, the leader in Total Hair Solutions, legacy of over 40 years. And uh, they're inviting you right now to become a, the hair club, uh, become a part of the Hair Club family. Very easy. To see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. I wish Hair Club had been in your life years ago, John. Well, guy, I, I've, I've been thinking about it, and I want everyone that is where I was seven, eight years ago to just go to hairclubrightnow.com slash ham and just sign up. Just sign up. You get a free consultation. You get to check out whether you need plugs, restoration. They got a million different things. You get to talk with someone. We just need you to sign up. That would help Haberman and Middlecoff. And then you take it from there whether you want to do anything or not. Uh, I'm probably too far gone, though, we when we had the call with them, well, like a month ago, no such thing. I, I was very interested in like, should I do this guy? Should I go all in? And I, I, I think about it and contemplate it every night. Uh, I will sign up. I need you guys to sign up. Hairclub.com slash ham. 
That's right. And uh, when you do hairclub.com slash ham, you get the free hair, health, and scalp analysis. This is men or women, hair clubs, professionally trained stylists, um, hair health experts, consultants can help craft a personalized strategy solution. So you get the most out of your hair. So when would you, you do, would to- you get in trouble with your wife or your girlfriend if you, uh, if you like, hey, maybe you should go to hairclub.com slash ham. Well, she probably mean, wouldn't be happy. They though. can help anybody. So if there's yeah. help that needs help, if there's someone that needs help, hairclub.com slash ham. You get the analysis. You enjoy a $250 savings on any qualifying hair club service after the initial consultation. That's hairclub.com slash ham. And brought to you by Untuck It. I was watching uh, my social media feed yesterday, Monday. I sound like such a boardroom adult. I was watching my social media feed. And I saw that John tweeted he was going to be on Cowherd wearing the Untuck It shirt, John. That was a good look. Well, I just had a T-shirt on. I'm like, God, it's just California. You know, it's just yeah. the Internet. You know, who, who cares? Just throw on a little pullover. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Untuck It, sponsor of the pod. And I just like their damn shirts. So I'm like, I'm going to throw on my favorite Untuck It shirt, this kind of red, uh, lightly light red one. And then I was like, damn, it looked and I'm looking at myself up on TV while I'm live. I'm like, I look pretty good. <laughs> Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. Got a ton of different options, right? They have the store down where you live in Union Street. Uh, they have, you know, several brick and mortar stores all around America. But they're Untuckit.com. You just go to the website. And again, we've all, any guy, you know, these button-up shirts, whether you're doing business cash, whether you're going out on a date, whether you're just going out for the day, whatever, you know how that feeling when it feels like you have a dress on. Once you go untuck it, it really is hard to go back, guys. No doubt. Uh, 50 stores, but 50, more than 50 fit combinations. So tall, short, slim, athletic, heavier. Um, untuck it. They got something that fits your frame. Trust us. We both know. We're rocking them. So you can try one on in person at one of the uh, 50 stores or just go to untuckit.com. Very easy. Free shipping and returns on all orders in the United States. You save 20% on your first order by using our code HAM at checkout. Yep, HAM. HAM, HAM, HAM. HAM, HAM, HAM. com promo code HAM. What's the bigger story today in the Bay Area Tuesday as we record? The Warriors game two tonight or this uh, Matt Miller article uh, on Bleacher Report that the 49ers, that there's some some tensions that John Lynch and Adam Peters are on the outs with Kyle well, Shanahan. I, I feel like the, the Warriors-Rockets has been the biggest national story since Sunday afternoon, really once the game ended and those guys started bitching and moaning. And then Daryl, as Winhorse said, it's clear where Sam Amick. And I was taught one time because I, I source guessed and I got a journal that got mad at me like, you can't source guess. You don't know where I got my sources. I'm like, you, well, you it's pretty. guessed somebody's sources. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I tweeted something and we follow each other and he was just offended. I get it. Like this, I know Sam, you know Sam. It's, it's clear where the information came from, right? That came from the Rockets. Sam, yes. Sam Amick stuff clearly came from Trent Baalke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait. So sorry, I got my story. I, I, I think that story, even more than the game, is one of the most ludicrous, ridiculous things we've ever seen. So are we starting with the Rockets Warriors then? Well, but I, I'll say this. In 2019, <laughs> things change so fast. Like, a story doesn't hold for six days anymore. It holds for 15, 18, 24 hours and then, boom, I got Adam Peters and John Lynch might be in a power struggle and Kyle Shanahan is going to fire them, potentially. Like that's, that's a pretty big wow to me. Yeah, so they're both big. I will say this, though. I, my vote would be we start with the Warriors. Like I, I could go either way. Right. Here's I'll why. Because the NBA advanced the Warriors-Rocket story Tuesday when it was revealed that Scott Foster has been assigned to officiate Game 2. I did see that Rosillo tweeted... They're like, it's a fun story, but the the like official assignments are set before the series. So this wasn't, they didn't do this yesterday. No, no, no. They did not orchestrate it. So I would imagine that the Rockets knew that Scott Foster was going to ref one of their games during the series at minimum, right? Which is not a shocker. He's consistently refs the biggest games in the NBA, right? I was I went to deposit a check today, and Coward had on okay. Kendrick. And yeah, it wasn't very big. It should have been a little bigger. Uh, you know, just a little disappointing. But that's – I'm not going to go off on a tangent. The uh, – Kendrick Perkins was on, and he was saying with Coward just about – he likes Scott Foster. He thought he was one of the most consistent. Like, he didn't feel he ever got personal, though the Rockets, I think, disagree. 
I think it's more like, hey, Chris, you're an asshole to referee. James, you're not as big of a dick. You're just fake. You're just fraudulent. Like, Chris, the, the Rockets somehow have made Draymond Green seem reasonable. Like, Chris is the worst, I think. I mean, right. the worst. So we're clearly starting with this, which is good. Yeah, that's I'm fine. I've been hot on this for a couple yeah. days. All right. Um, so first of all, I thought game one was a great game. Can I just say that real quick? It's not really anything anybody's talking about anymore, but I'm fired up for this series. Um, I thought the, the, the end of the game was out. Chris Paul getting ejected at the end of the game was – it almost got, like, overshadowed by the foul that they all wanted on Harden. Chris Paul got ejected. Ejected, John. <laughs> he got a second technical, bumped an official, and got ejected. The game wasn't over yet. The game was ending, and he well, got know, ejected. Do you know why he freaked out? Is because when he charged, like when he when he looked to throw it to James, Windhorse put this perfectly the other day. He looks to look for James Harden to kick it right back out to him. James is still lying on the fucking ground complaining about the foul that he just did not get as time is like five seconds down. So Chris has nowhere to throw it, has to run over Clay. And I I didn't see this live, but I guess he bumped an official, whatever. I, I hate guy. I despise, and I think it is unacceptable. You cannot throw star players out of playoff games for swearing. Now, if they say something maybe about your mom or your sister or something oh, – but if they say fuck you to you, you have to walk away. There, there is too yeah, much John, money on. John, John, he had a tech. It was a second tech. He was gone. No, was I know. Just, well, he got and the he bumped him. He got it for the bumping. But you, I don't know where you stand on this. You can't throw star players out of playoff games unless they bump you or do something. Yeah, I mean, I generally I agree with that. Um, but I do think part of there's so many elements to this. I think part of the problem the NBA has with officiating is that its players are off the deep end. When it comes... Well, he's the worst. Yeah, but I mean, like, there was a play earlier in the game. Clint Capella got called for a foul. I don't understand. It's like NBA players don't have, um, like, sensory reactors in their hands. Like, they don't know they touch... Clint Capella's losing his mind. We sh They show the replay, and his hand is just, like, across... I think it was Steph's arm. Just across his arm <laughs> as he's shooting. Maybe it was, like, a dollar dram on. I don't remember who. But, like, player, like, guys, we're all seeing the replays. You can't – I can't watch you yell at an official. And this has been going on for years. And then watch the replay. So now we take it to the next level. And you know my pet peeve for years now has been the irregular jump shot. This landing zone thing, like, for, for, for James to compare that play to the Zaza Kawhi play. Guy, yeah, he just wants a fair chance, man. He just wants a fair this, – this thing is so outrageous – and though we agree, you and I, a lot of times on like exactly whose fault officiate, blah, blah, blah. The fact is the NBA has got to do something about this because it's it's like Zaza was legit Bush League. Yes. Zaza was so different. Like he should have been. He should have been. Go, like if we were to measure how far forward Draymond came to how far forward uh, James came, like Draymond probably came forward. I don't know, six inches. James came forward like a foot and a half with his landing zone. Foot and a half. I think like three feet. Whatever it was, it was outrageous. It was at this whole and and then for the Rockets to make it about this, I um, thought probably the more outrageous. I thought the more outrageous one was one at half court, kind of by uh, by the by the baseline. Chris, who is just king of the under sweep around, like shooting threes for like half court, like this is this is just fake basketball. Like what are we doing? Like Kevin got the one, and I thought Van Gundy described it pretty well when Kevin shoots. His load zone is he kind of swings to mm -hmm. get it up. Right. When Chris, like when you see Chris just shooting a normal like mid-range jumper, he's boom. He's boom. Je uh, Kevin legitimately kind of rotates to get his rotation. Those guys, James is different, but Chris definitely does not, though he fakes it constantly. And it's just like these guys' game plan, to me, it all starts at the top. They're kind of wired like that naturally. But they're the guy that runs the entire franchise. Because I don't think Mike D, this is not in his ethos. Like, this is not something he's banging the table for. I agree. This is a Daryl Morey thing. And that leak, to me, shows that their entire mindset is to manipulate everything. It's fucking ridiculous. Honestly, guy, there was a part of me 
that would before the series started wouldn't have minded me seeing the Warriors lose. Just like history change, all right? Whatever. If they if they weren't good enough and they bound to get beat, beat them. Not good for content I, in June. True, but that's fair. That's <laughs> you're right. Uh, but it's like we, we've been taught. It's just the same old shit with yeah, them. I understand. Though, yeah. yeah. Though, like after that article came out, I thought the game was ridiculous and I was disgusted. But after that article came out, Daryl clearly is one of the best, smartest people in sports. I I don't respect him as much anymore because I know true deep down, this is what like he thinks. In that in that Amic article, they claimed and this Windhorse. Oh yes, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two of the twenty-seven threes were fouls, and Windhorse is like, you guys missed twenty-seven fucking threes in a row and you and, and you have the the gumption and, and the audacity i feel like i'm stephen a smith to write that i mean think, and i mean i mean seriously being able yeah. to type that like daryl Morey, you are i don't know is he a top five most famous gm in all of sports right now he actually typed that guy how honestly how could you do that and even steve kerr was like well yeah I mean, all the fouls that could have been fouls. What about all the fouls they do get? Or the fouls that could have been fouls on us? Like, what? This is all fake. This is legit fake news. Like, Daryl, are you a legit conspiracy theory crazy person? Or are we just in the fact that... Because I'll give Daryl credit on this. He has openly talked for years about this is the best team ever, the Warriors. So maybe when you, when you know you're facing fucking legitimate Goliath, you have to be super desperate, and that's just where he is. Because that's the only way I can kind of justify a super smart guy going to these measures because i i don't know where you stand on this guy i i think adam silver is an all-time pushover doesn't do anything i mean mark cuban kind of dared him to me this what mark cuban's tweets which i think most sane people are like yeah mark has a good point what daryl morey did on sunday night flew right by there and basically double middle fingers of the league you won't do shit right well i Every team gets, this is what Sam wrote, right? Every team gets their own games. They get the full analysis, the full full 48, the full 48 minute analysis of the, or the like good foul, bad foul. Yeah. What the two minute report is, they get it for the full game. But I think part of the, I I would guess is explicitly stated to them like, Hey guys, you can't share this. So he took the full 48. That's where he got his information of saying the points are no points. Yes. Which is a lot of work because it's, you go through the play by play and you go through, here's the cal- the calls they would have made. Here's like, this they, is a they, lot did, of they didn't do it like Sunday. They did it over the off season. Yes. I think. Yes. <laughs> but the, sharing that, that, that is like part of the deal is this is sensitive stuff because it, it's our officials and it's how we're reviewing them. And we're sharing it with you to help and you. And clearly help no one else in the league has leaked anything close to that. Right. It, it is to me there like the level of fine that they should drop on the rockets is large because this is so beyond um, what's like this. It, it's just, it, it, to me, it's part like while the NBA is fighting this, we got Donagy's always hanging over us and everybody's got a conspiracy theory and we want gambling to become legal and all this shit. And to participate in, there's legitimate conversations about officiating and then to me there is just the stuff that goes above and beyond and is out, outrageous. And to, to actively be a participant in it as a franchise is such a detriment to the NBA. When you're all kind of partners and this is made to help everyone and you're on the same page, what would you say a fair fine would be like $2 million? Yeah. I I, I mean, this is legitimate proprietary information that no one else in the league. How long is this full? full, Have they got the full 48 now for probably a couple of years? I don't know. That was actually news to me that they get the full 48. Um, I think it's great that they get it, but again, like I can understand why the officials, don't want don't want anybody to get it because then you end up in situations like this. And keep in mind, this is the organization that's already said that Scott Foster has a vendetta against them. Like they've already come out and said an an NBA official hate personally hates them and should never officiate their game. That already who did, who, who threw Tim Duncan out from the bench? Was that Joey Crawford or was that I, Scott Foster? That was Joey Crawford, I believe. For Tim for and, and, and remember, they said that Joey no longer Joey got suspended over that, right? I think. Like, remember, they, they ended up just being like, well, you can't referee San Antonio's Spurs games anymore. Like, they had a legit beef, those two. Yeah, I Joey, do think Joey that, went to therapy. I do think there is a legit Like, legitimate beef. therapy. Like, I, I do think there's a legit beef with Chris and Scott Foster. And, and Chris is such an angry, little manipulative, 
it, you know what's sad? For all the shit I've talked about Chris over the years, he truly is a remarkable player. To me, him diminishing himself by and I some people play angry. I got I don't mind if you you don't need to smile or whatever. But his ridiculous antics guy, I, I thought were jump the shark. But I, I also think that he is being being advised and you know, being supported by Daryl Morey wants him to do that. That's what's crazy. Like that's Guy, the Warriors are there to be beat. Like the, the Rockets can beat the Warriors, but you have no chance on God's green earth to beat them when you're caught up in this bullshit, which they clearly are really caught up. I was thinking, would Popovich, in his prime, not Popovich that let the game run out the other night, Pat Riley or Phil Jackson, just use those three guys. If they had a championship-level team, which the Rockets are a championship-level team, there is no fucking chance they would sit on something like this for this long because it's unhealthy to what... Ultimately, you got to keep playing games. Like, you just got to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's to win. But the problem is their main thing is the fouls, guy. That That is, like, legitimately their main thing is the fouls. That makes me despise them. And I kind of had come around on them. I'm like, I kind of like this Rockets team. I think the I think this has been building. Like, the NBA had a flopping problem for a really long time. But that's um, kind of gone away, yeah, right? They've had basketball, college, and NBA has had an unnatural shot problem for a really long time. And I even like this side-to-side bullshit. Like, Is it bad play. in college? You watch more college uh, College has gotten really good at it the last two years because they stopped rewarding shooters for like just, you know, now if the guy goes up and is like in your space and you lean into him, you get that call. But they've stopped rewarding shooters for kicking out legs. They've by and large stopped rewarding shooters for jumping into defenders as they shoot. College has done a good job the last two years with it. But the side-to-side thing, to me, drives me nuts. Like, defender's got his arms out, and you swing through him. Well, who's the king of that? Yes. Thank you. And so that's the that's the other whole part of this thing. is like people think you game the officials more than anybody, James. Um, but I, I go back to, you know, I've used this standard for many years. I get to me, that. To me, Chris and James should not be able to do the side-to-side <laughs> thing either 45 feet away. That, that's what Well, drives, yeah, and, and, t- totally. But it's one it's one thing I, if you're 12 feet away, it's like, OK, I get it. Like, don't reach. But when you're 37 feet away, what's midcourt? 40, whatever midcourt more, is like, yeah. that's just like, fuck out of here. I, I think I, I really believe this. The pickup basketball standard really works. It applies. If you would get laughed at for calling it in pickup basketball to a point. You shouldn't be like no one's like that bullshit. The kick out your legs and land. He's in my landing zone. Can you imagine? I do. I do do wonder, guy. I've got a bad. They got a cranky knee. Haven't been able to play pickup in a couple years. You base your pickup calls kind of on what you watch. So I do wonder, like, if you just went to a random pickup game, if at all this shit ever comes up. But the difference is the pickup basketball is like. Did you know that Stanford University? operates its tests on the honor code, meaning that a Stanford professor is not allowed to be in the classroom when they are, when there is an exam. So oh my God, guy, if Cal Poly would operate like that, I would have been a fucking straight A student. <laughs> so, but the, the honor code is strict, meaning a Stanford professor, when they hand out a test must leave the room for the test. But if, if you cheat and I see you cheating and I do not report you, I am subject to the same punishment as you for the honor code violation. You're saying if I'm a student and I see you pulling out a book or something, yeah, whatever. And I don't turn you in. It's no different than like, and then, I, I, and then and then there's a third person that says guy cheated and John knew it and didn't report him. We're both in trouble. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wasn't meant for Stanford. So, like, I think pickup basketball operates kind of in the same way. Like, even somebody on your own team calling some, he was in my landing zone. Like, I, even someone point, on your own team is like, is, no. I just wonder. That like if you would have said in your peak pick bat pick up basketball career, you know, early mid twenties, whatever, you, you, I wouldn't even know what landing zone meant. Nobody like that. I, yeah, nobody. I, I do think it just becomes something these last couple of years. I, I just wonder. It's a good. Again, it's a good wonder. It's play. a good wonder. And if and if and if twelve year olds are arguing about landing zones, pick up hoops, then the game has been ruined. Like because yeah. this this is just nobody wants to see that stuff. And the other thing I wondered after the game was, what if we went. To no lie, no on court officials. Like if there were thirty cameras that circled the court, all the all the calls were made by Steve Javi in New Jersey. There were like four officials. They watched every camera angle. They buzzed the calls, and the players had nobody to actually scream at. What would happen? 
How would the game change? Because first of all, they'd say, hey, guys, I got all the angles right here. So, A. And B, well, there's I, no one for you to yell at. I, I do think you'd get some fights. With who? Well, the players fight another player. Were they like, well, yeah, there's that. But I just mean yeah. like so much. Like, I, I felt this way as a Kings fan watching Weber and Vlade just bitch and moan about everything. It drove me nuts. Well, who's the worst flopper of all time? Vlade. It's really flop. And it's been going on now, I'd say, flopping 25 years. You think Vladdy's worse than Chris and James? Because I think they're right up there. I don't think Vladdy was as mean-spirited with his argument. No, Vla- Vladdy was legitimately with a traditional charge yeah. block flop. Like, he was the old-school flop. And I think, I think, I think, I think Manu, was in, Manu was, had some of that, too. Yeah, they were just legitimate floppers. These guys act, and then, guy, they attack. That's the difference. To me, I don't remember Vladdy... Maybe if we like broke down the film, like really attacking officials, like if he didn't get the call, these guys, it's just Chris is Chris is way more vicious, I think, than James. James bitches and moans, but it's like whatever. Chris is legitimately kind of if I your official, it's like fuck, God, this guy's screaming at me and just mean shit. Draymond's bad, but to me, Draymond is king of like, you know dropping every legitimate swear word as he like walks away he's not looking at you but he's talking to you where chris is legitimately just staring at you because he's like eye to eye he's the same size as all these guys i i i think chris is a little more vicious because he just attacks he's like a he's like a little ankle biter uh, i uh you know what i loved about Dray- the Dr- draymond's, the draymond ba- draymond's bad the draymond Kevin, tech, Kevin's bad here's what i love about when draymond gets attacked and this happened in game one he gets the tech then he goes down and he starts – he's screaming at Steve Kerr, right? He's pleading his case to Steve. And Steve is in this awkward spot where he wants to have his players back, but there's no way he believes whatever Draymond's saying. So Dray, so Steve just has to buy – Steve just has to say something. So Steve's line, you could read his lips, was, what did you say? I'm like, Draymond, well, what did you say? Because Steve can't really just start screaming at the officials blindly on Draymond's behalf because he knows what, Draymond what loses I think, his mind. What I think is going to be fascinating about tonight – what if the whistles are kind of getting swallowed again? And they're because they're not going to change. All of a sudden, James Harden is not going to stop flopping his legs out when you're close. So he's going to be pissed off when he's not getting the call. Chris does the up and under move. I mean, every fucking shot. I I think these guys. And I do Houston, think there's a difference. Houston to me is teetering on the fence of they lose this game and it's one of those where they are over the top complaining again. They're in danger, and this is where I get back to Pat Riley, Phil Jackson. Like, I don't even, I don't. I, there's nothing Mike can do because Mike's GM is leading the charge here. That's. It's not like only his players are doing. It's like Mike can't control your players. It 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 jumps Mike. I, I kind of feel bad for him. I don't know where you stand. Like, I I don't think he truly no, no. makes change. Uh, yeah, I, he I don't, can't want this. Can no, he? no. I think Mike is probably last on. Dan Tony's probably last on the list. And and I also think it's just generally bad for the NBA. And it's both. It's everybody to have all your players just screaming at officials all the time. Like I just, it's it's you don't want the officials to be this big of a story. And officials are going to be part of the story, whether you make it the story or not. It's just part of the deal, the way the thing goes. But to have to 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 have a team actively doing research about how they get screwed and then releasing that information during a series. But again, they're like you said, it's last resort for them right now. But my my question is, why be desperate after game one? Well, because you can't go down 2-0. I don't know. You're probably desperate going into game one. You're saying, like, why not just release that story before game one even occurs? No, I'm saying, like, release a game four if it's, like, 2-1 to one or something. Because maybe you feel like it's too late by then because it might be. You might lose tonight. It's 2-0. I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, and it, 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 question. And it, it, it was actually perfectly timed because you knew that's, like, <laughs> it's never going to be more on the tip of everyone's tongue. And, like, yeah, the, play, the series ends with the game ends with the Harden play. Like, he clearly had this thing in their holster ready to, like, we're waiting for the perfect time, and we're going to fucking release this into the ether. I can't. The, the Harden play, I can't believe, like, that's their poster play. James well, guy, go back and look. When Chris, I've seen some people on Twitter, like, Draymond came. Draymond did come forward. It's like, yeah, he came forward from seven feet back. Ever wasn't player. a foot in front of him and then came underneath him. To me, that Chris, before he got the tech, was looking to throw to James, and James is on the ground complaining. Like, hey, guys, you can't – and this is what I think people give Russ shit about this because he's king of going 90 miles an hour down the court, going kind of an out-of-control layup where he's just kind of bouncing off people. But he doesn't always get the call. Well, then, you know, it leads to a fast break the other way. 
and he's screaming with the guy, and then they get an easy basket, and then just like if Van Gundy's calling the game, he'll be like, well, Russ wasn't even a half fucking court. It's one thing if it's like you're big or whatever, but it's like, Russ, you're guarding the point guard then has the ball in his hands. It's a double whammy. What do you think would happen if, we, if like, in some major experiment, they've called no fouls tonight? Like, literally zero fouls got called tonight. Well, that, that 100% benefits the Warriors. Well, because, yeah, I'm just, I'm not even saying, I'm just saying, like, how would that, what would it look like, you think? Well, I think that. Would it get way overly rough? Or. Well, the, the, the Rockets aren't really a rough team. To me, right. it's just, I, I don't think there's ever been a, a, a great team. And I, I think it's fair to call the Rockets just because they're two players. I mean, they're, James is a great. Their, their team is really good. I mean, they could win the championship on any given year with if the Warriors didn't exist. But they are very predicated on fouls. I don't remember watching like, oh, the LeBron and Wade, they're predicated on fouls. Like, that's like their strategy, guy. That's what makes it crazy. It'd be like, uh, you know what? We're not great, you know, running the ball. Our passing game's hit or miss, but we can draw fucking deep PIs. We draw three a quarter. Right. Like, that. that's how, like, you thrive. Or, you know, we, we uh, I, I don't even know what the equivalent would be in baseball, but it would be, football would definitely just be PIs. We just move the ball down the court with, like, 30-yard PIs. You know who's king forever was, like, Eli because he'd underthrow guys and then come back and knock into him? But most teams aren't necessarily actively trying to get PI. The, the, that would be the equivalent of this. And it's when you really lock in to watch it, and they don't necessarily do it when they're way better than a team. Like against Utah, they didn't need it as much. They do need it here. And it's I know you I know exactly where you fall. It's hard to watch, man. You get yeah. angry watching your television. Yeah. Like, why are you guys doing this? Yep. Can, can they could they win without the flailing? Maybe that's not this the I, well, I you know, look, I mean part of the deal with James is he is hard to defend, right? Even when he's not but faking, I got no really problem to... giving him calls, guy. Yeah. He draws contact; he deserves it. Um, I think the, the baseball three... equivalent would be hit by pitches, like leaning over the plate, getting hit. But by, the, but like, the difference you know, is, if I like never that. throw inside, you never get touched, right? Yeah, but if you never throw inside, like you're going to get blasted. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the baseball would be. Oh uh, yeah, some guy yeah. who's always hanging over the plate or rubs out the chalk line, whatever. But it, it's it's. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the season, there was briefly a little thing that went viral when Don McClain, who's the Clippers analyst, and I've worked with Don doing Pac-12 games, said that James, I think he said he's cheating the game a little bit. I Crushed think was, him, remember? Yeah, and, and Don said afterwards, like, I wish I hadn't said cheating because when you say cheating, people react a certain way. Yeah, like he's Barry Bonds or yeah, something. Yeah, and, but I think if you really listen to what Don, he was just saying, like, this is not, this is. I, oh, that I always, was Don McClain that said that? The guy crushed on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, and Don's very opinionated, but I think if you really listen to it, and then he and he admitted, he's like, you know, I shouldn't have said cheated, but my, it's it's how I feel about it. Like this is not really. That's why I go back to the the pickup thing, man. Like how old is Don McLean? Fifty. Yeah, I mean Don played in the early '90s, early to mid '90s. I would say anyone in that generation and older kind of despises James. for sure. But I think anybody just it's not. There's an element here that's like, wait, what are we doing here? Like. This is where when you take the officials away, you say, now you're not fooling the officials. You're just playing against an opponent. And part of the deal is like, we just have to agree there's a certain way to play the game. And that's where the Stanford honor code comes in. And it's just like, you wouldn't be doing this stuff. Like, like who, the, who told you, did Evan Moore tell you about the Stanford honor code? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So the, you're saying every classroom on campus abides by the honor code. Honor code professor cannot be in the room when there's a test is that wild to you i'd never heard of that that is insane because i know this <clears throat> you know i'm not saying cal poly we push the envelope a little bit not, not saying cheating but you know maybe help each other out every once in a while uh and at the end who gives a shit i mean college like no one talks about some test they took sophomore year in college that's crazy now but you'd also say it's so competitive there right you have the smartest people in the world attending this university they'll turn your ass in because if I'm working my ass off to get a B plus and right. you're just cheating to get an A, screw you. I'm flipping you. Right. It's like, it's like uh, if I'm not cheating in college athletics and the team in my conference I know openly is, I'm turning them in. I don't feel and I don't feel bad turning them in. This isn't snitches get stitches. Snitches get rewarded for doing it the right way. And also, I'm terrified. It's really it's self preservation. I just don't want to get. If I saw it, I don't want to. My get in question would be it. though: How would you prove that I saw someone doing it? Oh, I don't know. But honor code. Why would I lie and say that John saw it when he didn't see it? 
there has to be some pretty interesting like arbitrations in the honor code violation, right? Like, I didn't see shit. Yeah. He saw me, didn't turn him in. Like, screw you. I was just looking at the clock. I didn't see him. Just because he was in my. You, you know how vision works? And then there's a big what, presentation what about vision. In, does honor code, if you get caught cheating, is that expulsion or is that like uh, academic probation or is it like it's... three strikes you're out? Or... I would think it's on the heavy side. I, could you imagine being in college right now and having to study on shit you just don't care about? Or understand. Think how much you despise of these things you don't care about right now in your life, trying to study for an exam. And I struggled when I thought it kind of mattered. I, right. there's just, there would have to be a financial incentive on it. I don't know how they do it. Now, some people just... Like watching a game for you is easy. Like some people studying is easy when you're really smart. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but watching a game is easy. <laughs> but I think reading for really smart people is easy. I don't read that often because sometimes it gets difficult. Yeah, but like, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. game. I'm fired up for game two. I don't know about you. Just to see what happens. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right. The other story. The other story. I mean, these are two stories that were written that started this firestorm, John. Was Matt Miller of Bleacher Report wrote that the Niners are imploding in the front office. And I don't think I'm overstating it because his stuff was really strong. Quote, according to sources in the team's scouting and coaching staff, the two aren't in lockstep, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, on the vision uh, of the offseason and the future of the franchise. With four years left and a team that's stuck in neutral since they arrived, a power struggle could be coming with Lynch and Chief Deputy Adam Peters on the outs, and Shanahan looking for his own personnel man to run the draft and free agency. By the way, he currently has his own personnel man, but we won't nitpick that. Um, yeah, this wasn't an arranged marriage. Raider fans are uh, Raider fans who think we're haters are waiting for us to hammer the 49ers on this. What did you think of this article? Well, that's a pretty bold claim because, it's like you really said, strong. it's aggressive. It was easy with Ray, Reggie and John. Like, yeah, this marriage is not going to work. Well, he didn't fucking hire him. And everything you've seen with Mayock, he wanted a guy like him. Kyle, John Lynch's NFL career happened because of Kyle Shanahan. Because of Kyle Shanahan. And the only reason Adam Peters, who was John Elway's right-hand guy, remember the quotes from Elway, I would not have let him out of his contract to anyone else but John Lynch. So this notion, like this would, if it was true, I immediately text a couple people because I had not, it was the first news to me, you know, I thought they were kind of buddies. Everything was working well. And I got adamant, no chance, they're fine. So that that's the knowledge. Because again, the way he wrote it, the way I interpreted a guy were like, are John Lynch and Adam Peters going to be fired by the end of the week? Because this is kind of when things happen with personnel people. You're going to see like, you see Raleigh McKenzie mutually parted ways yesterday. Mm. But, like, this is – GMs don't often get fired, uh, but when they do, it can happen right now, right after the draft. This is when, you know, cough went out. Scouts go right now. So I, I, I think it's a pretty strong allegation for something that I 100% had not heard. So can I just do a little – since we're talking about academics, just a, a little breakdown of that sentence – I think because to me there are two things in the sentence that don't jibe with one another. The problem it, is you're breaking down a sentence like this isn't like Peter King writing it or something. Well, you know? but this is my point though. When you write something like this, all the words you choose matter. So this is you're, you're, you read this and you I think you know the NFL schedule. You lived it. This is when things happen in terms of front office changes with personnel. Yeah, fair. Like if you're gonna throw <clears throat> this out there, basically saying you better be fucking on it, right? This so, is a pretty bold claim. Yeah, so this is where I just wonder a little bit about the integrity of the information because he wrote this. A power struggle could be coming with Lynch and Adam Peters on the outs and Shanahan looking for his own personnel man to run the draft and free agency. So the first time I read it, I'm like, wait, Lynch and Peters are on the outs with one another? But no, and Shanahan looking for his own personnel man so you, I think you you interpreted it the way that it was intended to be interpreted, which is it's Lynch and Peters together in trouble because Shanahan's mad at him, right? But to me, what I don't get is a power struggle could be coming. 
to me is a different timeline than Lynch and Peters are on the outs. If they're on the outs, then the power struggle already came. It's happening. It's on right now. The, okay. the power struggle's not coming. It's occurring. And they're on or the outs. Or, or, it ha- or it happened for the yeah, last three or it happened, months. and now they're on the outs because Shanahan. See, like the first time I read it, I'm like, wait, Lynch and Peters are on the outs with one another? What is, what, how are we using this figure of speech? But the more I read it, the more I think it's intended to be what you said. Those two guys had a power struggle with Kyle, and they're going out. But when you say a power struggle could be coming, you're saying, well, there's some disagreements, but if it doesn't get nipped, then something bad could occur. But then you say they're on the outs, which to me is kind of a different point in the timeline than before the power struggle has even occurred. A power struggle could be coming means the power struggle has not occurred. But if they're on the outs, it means the power struggle has occurred. Now, maybe... You know, maybe that's non-specific. On the outs is kind of a non-specific. I don't really know exactly what is meant there by Matt Miller, but that part to me kind of tripped me up because I'm like, okay, well, where are we then in this timeline? That's what I don't. That's what isn't unclear to me. Well, I know this guy. If there is a power struggle, it's weird. Like a power struggle might occur. You mean they're like arguing? That's why you're kind of. If a power struggle ever happens, Kyle is winning the fucking power struggle. 1,000%. 1,000%. So there is no right. power. And by winning, if push came to shove and Jed had to choose, he would choose Kyle. That's who we would have to choose. Well, because I think you would agree he wouldn't have a choice. Yeah. It's, that's, the, that's the guy you have to choose. He's the more valuable person here. Even despite he makes more and all that, you pick Kyle. But what I heard over and over, and I just got a couple texts looking from other media people, like, I think a lot of people are fishing because this kind of came out of nowhere. But also because the people I, I got some pretty trusted sources that would know that claim this is complete bullshit. Because again, guy, if there is the way he wrote it would be like they're already kind of at odds. Well, if they're already at odds, Kyle's winning. So they, are they, they? He can fire him if he wants to fire him. If Kyle went to Jed right now and said, "I need John out," John's out. Like that's that's this isn't an argument, right? That that's why I think we were so hard on Gruden. Like it's like why are you wasting any time with a guy you don't want to work with? Just get them out. Let the record show that on our last podcast, we were impressed with Mayock and Gruden working together, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, but like to me, I've been impressed with these two working together. Now, they haven't got it right. Uh, but they, I mean, Jimmy, we'll see. I thought they had a pretty good offseason. To me, if it's true, like it's a big fucking deal. But it's also, I, I know where we're headed. I think what made the last breakup so crazy, like when Gruden and McKenzie was like, God, he doesn't respect them. We all knew the end game. Reggie was screwed. When Harbaugh and Balky were fighting, we'll be like, well, you don't get rid of Jim. Well, they kept Balky. That was the crazy thing, right? They kept the wrong guy. This one is like, yeah, Lynch ain't staying around. But again, I've heard from credible people that they get along fine. And again, Kyle is the boss. Well, you know, I saw Kawakami tweet a link to something he wrote several months ago, which is they haven't been winning. And eventually, when you're not, when you go long enough without winning, stuff happens. That's the way the NFL works. People get fired. People get changed. Whatever. So I do think that at minimum is fair, right? Like at some point, you need to start winning football games, and it's why this year is is a big deal. And we've been talking about it being a big deal because maybe Jed's going to get dissatisfied, but maybe it also is about Kyle. Like the fact is, John Lynch's first first round draft was not good. Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster, not good. And so you could definitely create a scenario where you said, those were John's picks. He told Kyle, I got this. They blew both of those picks. And 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 Kyle's simmering on it. You know, that's the other thing is, like, the, his. we know John Lynch told us his draft board. It was Miles Garrett 1, Solomon Thomas 2, and Reuben Foster 3. Remember they said that. We got our third-rate player with pick 31. And that was a mistake that, that um, Reggie McKenzie made early. Eventually he hits on some other picks, and it kind of – we forgot about the I would have drafted – DJ Hayden, three. number three. Yeah. Um, so are you are you better off just never admitting anything? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You should never say we would have taken this guy there. He was their number one. Just don't don't bother. You're because you're kind of bragging when you do it before the guys ever stepped on the field. What if, what if you're like Gudikins? Yeah. And you have Aaron Rodgers, and you just throw out like in a session. Yeah, Mahomes was my favorite quarterback in the draft a couple years ago. You just throw nuggets like that to make yourself look good. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. once the guy's good, when they have added, even though now we're not buying it, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you told me that was the scenario, I would. There was a lot of like Danny Ainge been saying forever, like we thought Draymond Green was the fifth best player in the draft. 
<laughs> yeah. There was another one. Who was the who was the other one kind of like that? I don't know. But um if if you told me that was the scenario with Kyle, I would be okay, that's that's somewhat believable. But I think this story is one of these now that like you said, you're getting text messages, everybody's digging on it now. And if there's truth to it, I do think that truth will no. Well, you can't hide it. Remember, because, it was the same thing with Balky and Harbaugh. Yes, yes, because even if neither guy's a leaker, and John Lynch is not and Kyle's not, eventually, if there's truth to it, somebody's going to try and defend themselves, right? And so if there's any if there's any truth here, I do think something will begin to happen. Um, and if there's truth here, John, it's really, really bad for the 49ers. And I say if, capital I, capital F. So if we could just go off into that alternate universe where it is true for a second... What's well, it's a, it's a disaster because Lynch gets fired, Peters gets fired. You re, you have to start over a personnel department, and the reason John Lynch came here was because Kyle had unlimited power to hire someone. Well, if you side with Kyle, you're giving him unlimited power again twice. So Kyle Shanahan is getting to pick two separate general managers. That's pretty nuts. Like, because to me, it'd be a pretty indi- big indictment. Like Kyle, this is the guy you wanted. You're right. So I, I would go, how do I trust you? That, that's why I, I, I think like the Niners kind of have to get ahead of this the more I think about it because they're, this is not like certain other teams. To me, there are two teams that if this comes up, like if it comes up, Howie and Doug are having friction, Kyle and John are having friction, there is an elephant in the room where we've seen it before. Now the Howie one would be different because it was Howie and Chip, like one of the guys is still there. This one, it's two separate individuals, but even more than Chip Howie, the bulky Harbaugh one, I'd say in the last like 20 years, is one of the biggest breakups in sports. And it became so public for, while they were working together for like two years that you, you just, you can't have this elephant in the room if you're them. Like that's exactly, remember when Jed did this hire? They fought to get away from this. Right. Like they all, they, all he fucking wanted was harmony. And... What, what he kind of wrote in there, I don't have it in front of me, but right when the first, like, don't let the bro hugs fool you. Because there, there were a couple. Were, yeah, there were handshakes, bro hugs, and smiles in the draft room. But word got out of San Francisco. But word out of San Francisco points to friction and a potential breakup. That's the quote. Like a potential breakup is, there ain't no potential breakup. You're waiting until the season. When I read potential breakup, like, it's you would do it right now. That's you're gonna. So they're just gonna. They're gonna yeah, hate each I mean, other and just work pro- through it. You're probably right, but the truth of the matter is, I don't know what that means. Like I don't because when we go back to uh, a power struggle could be coming. That's where I don't. I don't know what that timeline well, it, is. Well, here's my problem too with this report is like there's nothing specific. Like an, I, I need an incident. Like was there one player that they argued over? Was there one? You know, was like they're not on the same page with the draft. Like when the Chip and Howie thing started, it was clear that like Howie's like, this guy's an idiot with the draft. He wants all these players that I don't want. And with Harbaugh and Balky, it was just the personalities did not work. Right. This one, what is their friction? Well, the personalities worked at first, and then they didn't work, right? Who? Balky and Harbaugh. They were going on runs together. It felt like that lasted for like three months. <laughs> well, that's probably more. That's probably just everything with Jim. I don't know. Yeah. How many people work every day with him and it's smooth. But um Yeah, I yeah, mean there, I, I, if it, this is true, it's a it's a disaster for Jed. If if it's not and the Niners whatever, get out ahead of it however that is, fine, that's fine. But I I don't think there's any if it's true, there's no damage control you can do. One that if it's true, it's it's to me if it's true, it's a disaster. End of story. Period. Yep. If it's true, Jed has a disaster on his hands. End of story. That's that's the take. Like this is fucking turn the fucking light the dumpster on fire. It's to me if this is true, guy, you're getting last year Raiders. Like you're getting a disaster. Yeah. And you become the league talking point then because the league does need. They love it when something like this is going on. When I say the league, I mean people like us. So I, I don't know, man. If if I just think if you're Jed, to me, if I'm Jed today, I need to make sure it's not true. I, I need to ask, like, are we having any problems here? Yeah, that's more important than damage control publicly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, do we have any issues? Now, 
you could also argue we've been in both business positions where when you hate someone, even if that conversation happened, it's different when I think when you're making like six, yeah, seven. I don't senior. think if it's true, I don't really know what you can do about it. Like, hey guys, we're gonna figure this out. Like I Well, if on the most know. basic on the most basic level, let's just say it's this, Kyle's like, I think John works really hard. I think he's a smart guy. I like him. Like, I think he's a really high level human. I think he's a bad evaluator. What if it's just that most basic level? I just don't think John Lynch is very good. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know how you because to me, if if it's that, like I got no pro- like, Balky and Harbaugh thought but, each but, other. But, but how about Adam Peters? How does he factor into this then? Well, he's just Lynch's right hand guy. Well, I know, so but he's just, viewed as a, like he is not a guy that came out of the TV booth. Yeah, but I I think you just he's going to war with John Lynch, like Adam. No, Peters no, I is, know. I'm just saying, like if you're like I could, I'm you can understand if Kyle said that about John Lynch. Could you understand if Kyle said that about Adam Peters? I, I just think if this is true, Kyle would just lump Adam with Kyle. Or, I mean, with John. Yeah. Well, it, it would make me question whether or not – I believe that Kyle Shanahan is going to be a successful NFL coach, but it would make me reevaluate that. Again, back to, I think, the most basic premise, if true, disaster. Yeah. All around. Right. <laughs> like, right. this is where, Kyle, can you not work with anyone? Like, Kyle, the, all these questions about Kyle start coming up. And, again, this is where some people that I talk to – Matt Miller was very close with the last administration. So if you want to go conspiracy theory, you get some bulky, some of those type guys, gamble, try to throw fucking fire on the what feels like. I mean, I just I didn't even look into it because I never I just thought they were kind of harmonious that you just make. Oh, let's let's make that harmony feel like a divorce waiting to happen. Because when you I mean, guy, these were if you read that article, like the one thing about Gettleman, they didn't quite have a plan. It was just like typical NFL stuff. This is pretty explosive. Like you might fire basically John Lynch. Like there's going to be a power struggle. Yeah. I mean, to me that this thing deserves a story to itself, not a bullet, you know, not like it should be above the Josh Rosen. But that's, that's Mike as a, uh, as someone that works with big J journals, I I think if I was going to write this, Tim would be like, well, do you have an, do you have a specific incident? Like, is there, was there a legit argument over? I don't want, I, I don't think we should trade next year's two for D Ford or, I don't think we should do this. You know, that that, that would be like, okay, they vehemently disagreed on this. We like, okay, well, there was a fundamental decision where Lynch wanted Robert Saul. I don't know, right? That's usually a good article when it go, when you go in on something like this, like Wickersham, there are incidents. Because you go, okay, I can see that. Like with Reggie, there was boom, boom. Remember, it was the Mac trade was weird. And then Lynch and then Gruden said that he included the second round pick. It was like, ah, oh, this shit's not adding up. It was just clear where they weren't on the same page. This one, I don't have any evidence of that yet. Right? He didn't use any examples. So I, I'm just trying to think of like, what would it be? And, and usually w- with coaches and personnel, it's over firing a coach or a player acquisition that one guy wants and one guy doesn't. And it's, yeah. it's not like, Jason Verrett for 800000 It would be like the D Ford. You know, it would be something big to me. Or multiple things. Or multiple things. Start. It, it could start with something little, and then once you get to the big thing, it explodes. Right. I've always felt, and you and I have been around them a little, whenever I'm together at practice or whatever, it feels like they're always like kind of buddy-buddy. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, you probably could say, like, hey, I went to Eagles practice at two years in a chip. It felt like Howie and Chip. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, I, I say yes, but I, I don't. It's hard to tell, yeah. I, I don't put a ton of. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's not. That's stupid. It is hard to tell. Because <laughs> I've been on the inside when I've known shit was weird, and I was realizing, like, oh, if you were just a media guy watching our training camp practice, you'd think, it, yeah, it's. it's isn't that, that, cra- does, isn't that doesn't it make sense. crazy? It's it, once you're kind of inside stuff, it's crazy how often you see. Like I was telling somebody the other day, once I got around baseball every day because you're in the clubhouse every single day, was when I learned. I probably said this on the podcast before, John, but was when I learned like the guy that the media loves to go get a quote from isn't always the guy that everyone else in the clubhouse likes. You know, the guy that seems like oh he's just the most personable, fun guy. Sometimes it's the same person, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes the well, guy that everyone thinks is like, oh, that's the fun outgoing guy is the guy that everyone's like, dude, this guy is just out here for attention all the time. Well, I'll give you one. 
when there was a report a while ago that the Lakers would be interested in Bob Myers, I thought, why the fuck would Bob Myers go there? I got a couple DMs from random people that live in this area that kind of run in similar social circles. And they said, they just said, don't be so bold with your tweets from what I know. This is just John Smith, 42-year-old that works at Wells Fargo. That just knows. You know, just people just know something. Then I text people that definitely would know that cover the team. and like, yeah, I've heard some shit. You're like, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, and just the Warriors? Everyone's BFFs. You're like, eh, you know, he doesn't be a little careful. <laughs> so he's just like, if, if you tell me that Bob Myers is not truly the happiest man on the earth, then anything's possible. But John, he's tall. Him. He's got great hair. His suits fit so good. But I, I think the most powerful downfall of us all, of men more than women, I think women are much more, while they're more emotional, they're more level-headed with stuff when it comes to their when it comes to ego. And I, I think male ego is just so strong. And once you get in the lane of I'm underpaid, I'm undervalued, it's hard to get out of that shell when you truly believe it. Yeah. And also I would say, understand like sometimes that's the part of the equation. Sometimes like, let's just use Bob as an example. If, if Bob was like, you know what? I am going to go run the Lakers. Part of it would be that maybe part of it might be like, what am I just going to sit here and ride this train to greatness every year? And cause everyone else would be like, yeah, dude, just keep collecting rings. And what if he says, you know what? I just want to have my own franchise. That's like just mine. I get to start it from scratch. Like that's that's, but they'd be like you kind of did that with the Warriors. Yeah, but I mean like Jerry, you know Jerry West. Like some people like building, some people like, I don't know. I'm just saying like there's also that element too, where it's just because we all think you should just ride something out and it's fun. Somebody says, well, I want a different challenge. Like that's also an element. With I all would these agree. Things that we but just you, never know. you, would you say that if Bob Myers, whenever the season ends, left for the Lakers? it would feel much more like there was some shit going on behind the scenes than he just wanted a new challenge. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm just saying, like, this is another example of you never, we always attached, like, we think we know what a person, you know. I, 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 I think the most basic level of this stuff, like, from the people that I trust that said there's nothing to this, I do think, even if I take what I was texted with a grain of salt, I'm sure they've had disagreements. You should have disagreements. Yeah. In these jobs... Though, in the grand scheme of things, like, if the NFL just disappeared tomorrow, it would suck for our podcast. But it, like, wouldn't – society wouldn't change. You know, it's not like the end-all, be-all for the world or life. But for these people that live in this tunnel vision of their their world, which is football, there is so much pressure being the main guys. Uh, The opinions and the the ego and the alpha males – it's it's understandable why we consistently see in the NFL or the NBA these crazy power struggles. We don't see them as much in baseball anymore. And I think a big reason why is a lot of their managers don't make any money. So if you make an eight hundred grand being the manager, it's like you don't have any fucking juice. Where if you're in the NBA, you got a GM making four million, you got a head coach making six, you got all the players making a ton. You got a, that's just a lot of money ego. In the NFL, it's the same deal. You got head coaches making seven eight. They think they're the biggest swinging dick in town. You got the GM that's in the year of the owner. It's just I, well, it's a I shitload think, of ego going on. Yeah, I also think it'll it'll keep happening in baseball. Um, but uh, but, but it dra- happens dra- less and less when I'm not no. paying. Yeah, an, but it, it's, it's that yeah, but it'll keep happening. It's not going anywhere. But what I was gonna say is the draft is different in baseball, right? Like, major league managers don't have any opinions on the draftable players by and large. Whereas in well, the NFL, it's there's like, a yeah. There, there's I need this, this guy right now to come help me. Yeah, there is this curveball event in the NFL kind of in the NBA but after the first two or three picks like what are you really screaming over like picks in the 20s it's a little different like in the NFL you got like at least for the Haberman Middlecoff podcast those first three rounds are pretty pressure packed by once you start doing interviews when the draft's going on it shows you what the coach thinks but they don't do mid-round interviews in the second round right there is a lot of pressure for your franchise to get these things right that was one thing Matt Miller wrote in that article, which I kind of agreed with, and I also kind of disagreed. His point was he thought a lot of people were terrified the GM's heads were going to start rolling, just in general in the NFL, that everyone played it safe. And I would say, well, the players were kind of the players. There weren't like, there weren't a lot of blue chip. There, there weren't a ton of wide receivers to draft high. There were just the players were the players. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watched Veach's press conference yesterday uh, after the second and third round. And he was kind of just talking about the Frank Clark contract 
and kind of like uh, or just the the trade and just the way they viewed everything. He's like, at the end of the day, we had 14. Maybe you could argue we had 15 guys graded at first round picks, and we were drafting 29. So you do the math. Yeah. So we were. Because he was kind of trying to justify it. We ended up getting three guys on the second day. All those guys we had graded as second-round players. So you feel good about it. Well, if I'm going to stay at 29 and I'm going to take Greedy Williams, who I have as a mid-second-round pick, I'm paying him like a first-rounder. Like, that was the draft. I would imagine if you got every team's board in the NFL and said, how many guys do you have first-round grades? Wouldn't you imagine the number, if you got all 32, would it be under 20? Probably be somewhere between like 18 to 20 players graded as first round yeah. prospects in this yeah. draft. Yeah. Like, so it was, I think viewed as a really, really good draft. Like a lot of these elite players became NFL players, but, but like, like we talked about the, the five stars or whatever, Trevor Lawrence, that was the number one player went 17. And I would imagine a decent amount of teams. Like we think he's a really good player, but in this day and age, he's a second round player, but we know he's going to go in the first, you know, it's not like we wouldn't take this guy in the top 10. To me, I think it's Trevor Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. You might have said Dexter. I think I said I, I said Trevor. Okay. I meant Dexter. But I think my point is I like, when I think of a first round, like a legit first rounder, it's someone. If you're drafting an eight, like the one draft to me that was clearly loaded at the time and looking, and now it's even better, is that 2014 draft. Like you probably would have taken Odell Beckham at eight, but he ends up going 14 or Aaron Donald. Like all these guys could have easily gone in the top 10 and they ended up Brandon cooks. Like these guys were top end players and you were getting them in the teens. This draft felt like is Nick Bosa in a sweet, sweet draft, maybe going like seven. Like with Miles Garrett, uh, with, Max, with Julio Joneses. Yeah. I mean, all time great drafts. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, but it seems like he was pretty universally believed to be like just a top three level prospect. Well, because like when I read Miller's story, the first name I think of was there disagreement over Nick? Right. Because there's not want... going to be like Kyle's like I watched a punter at the end of the day. Did someone want to trade back? They, they do need a, they, they do need a punter, so it's like yeah, it's you don't get that worked up over it, but you do get we're at the number two overall pick. Are we all on the same page here? Because, again, you know where I've stood. I like Nick Bosa, but I was not as high as everyone else. So I could just see someone in that building, whether it's Kyle, whether it's one of his coaches, whether it's John. I don't know. You would think. I, I don't know. I don't know Kyle. I don't I don't know. I, I've actually been impressed. I think Kyle's like, I've always just from the outside, again, not knowing him. When you don't know him, you don't truly know. Uh, this guy's pretty level-headed, actually. But there is some narrative that always followed him that, like, if you read this, you go, this is possible. Well, yeah, and I, yeah, for sure. And I also think it goes, you know, you, you hear what Mike Mayock said in his press conference. There's a difference between having an opinion and making the pick. Like, if you really get down to when are the situations where you could disagree, the draft would be at number one. Because then it's like, okay, I know I'm in charge of player personnel, but I want to trade back or I want to take Quinnen Williams. How much are you, John Lynch, pushing back on this? Are you saying, like, all right, Cool, Kyle. Ty goes to you, right? I don't know if people operate like that in the draft room. I don't either. And the other thing, well, I, I saw it. At the end of the day, if you couldn't determine, at least when I was there, Andy would just grab a player. He'd just, okay, we're going to take Nick Foles, right? If he would just, he'd be the tiebreaker because he was the tiebreaker. Mike had another quote in there. He said, at the end of the day, if we disagree on a player, whether John wants him, whether I want him, whenever we get that player, whichever one of us didn't want him, that guy is now a Raider. We're all in. And I think that I was like, I get what Mike's saying, and that's great in theory, but sometimes it doesn't work out like that when the coaching staff's like, oh, this guy sucks, this guy can't play, or vice versa. See, I told him he shouldn't have fucking, we shouldn't have drafted this guy. He stinks. Yeah. Now he's blaming me. Right, right. So it's easy to say, like, you know, once we're not on the same page, but once this guy is a Niner, a Raider, or whatever team we're on, he's on our team. Well, once that guy just, it's yeah, once he plays well, everyone's cool with it. When he stinks, people are like, well, I didn't want him. <laughs> Or when something you're trying to make something work, right? And so you're agreeing to things that later you, why did I agree to that? Well, you don't yeah, push as hard initially because you're like, hey, I'm just trying to make it work. Internally, you're saying, I'm just trying to make this work. And then later you're like, what? what? That was stupid. Well, you know where the stuff's really believable, though, guy, is when you don't win. 
Like right. last year, the Eagles trade for Golden Tate. They traded a third-round pick. It didn't really work out, though we caught a big touchdown in the playoff game. It was – if Howie probably tell you, if I could do it over again, I'd take that back. I would have rather the third-round pick. But, like, when you, they, they won a playoff game, right? They, like, they, they made the playoffs again. It's not that big. No one even talks about it. So when you do like the 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 when the Cowboys traded for Amari, you're like God, they traded a first round pick for him. fucking Amari Cooper. They were three and five. Boom, they win the division. Mm-hmm. You're like they they uh, did they win a they won a playoff game? Yeah, they beat the Seattle in the first round. You're like they won a playoff game. No, no one's talking like God, Jerry, that was great. No, it's like Cowboys are pretty damn good, right? When right. you win, th- to me, you wouldn't have been able to write that if the Niners last year were ten and six, would you? Well, like, it would, ju- yeah. I mean, look, when you win, those things can come up too, but in a different way. It usually becomes about who's getting credit for what. Well, like, again, we've seen it though, because everyone was like, <laughs> they hate Harbaugh? What? Harbaugh? He's the fucking sweetest coach we've ever seen. Remember when that first came up? They're, they're going to trade Harbaugh? Every fan, and rightfully so, was like, you idiots, they're not trading Harbaugh. Jed wouldn't be that stupid. And then it kind of kept happening, it kept happening. It was like, okay, they really. And then by the end, it was like, oh my god, he's they're gonna get rid of Harbaugh. And now, that, in retrospect, that the, and now in retrospect, it's like, ah, oh, wasn't as crazy as we thought. It was still pretty nuts. Oh, yeah, it was nuts because they were winning. But it, it, the part that wasn't nuts about it was people thinking that Jim is like that. Jim will drive you to not want to work with him, no matter the upside, right? If they had won the Super Bowl that year, he wouldn't have been gone. But they somehow they fought their way to. Eight and eight. It was incredible. Yeah. To me, if they just would have hired Kyle next, it might not have been that nuts. They just hired Tom Sula. Yeah. And then Chip. And then Chip. Yeah. Wild. All right. Uh, we'll have another pod back on Wednesday as well. Pumping out. Pumping out the merch. Ham merch. Sweet. Promo code ham. Promo code ham. Promo code ham. Tell your friends. Later. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.